0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Women's Sporting Club Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Luddy, and I'm here with my partner and co-host Bethany Moore. Hey Bethany, how are you? Hi, welcome back,
1: everyone. I'm great. How are you?
0: We're good. We survived Thanksgiving.
1: Yes, <laughs> yay,
0: we made it. <laughs> yep. So on today's episode, Bethany and I are gonna just cruise the internet. So, what that basically means is we're gonna talk about some current events and stuff and things that are happening both in our in our personal lives and across the world and pull up some news articles so uh let's get started let's talk about thanksgiving it happened last week we're a couple days out so we're kind of recovered so yeah, how was your how was your thanksgiving bethany
1: yeah keyword uh, kind of recovered um you know it's <laughs> great um you know we live in east texas and um both of my husband's family and my family live in dallas and fort worth um his family in dallas mine in fort worth so it's always fun to do the, you know, the shuffle there. Oh yeah, yeah, it was great. Uh, Wednesday night we celebrated with his family, so you know, made some homemade dessert and corn casserole, and then headed to Dallas. Um, and then yeah, so we stayed uh, just chatting, which was nice. And um, and then Thursday morning, got up early and went and helped my mom cook and put everything together um, for everyone to get there. And I made another corn casserole. <laughs> I'm the corn casserole queen. <laughs> you I love it. Um, No, but, uh, yeah. So did that. And of course, um, had grandma's homemade pies and your favorite, the pie daddies.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> so good.
1: Very, very good. My grandma's uh, lots of, uh, Crisco, butter, uh, homemade um, crust and everything. It's the best thing ever. So um, oh, yeah. we have all of our, our fill of that. And then um, we we actually have a duck hunting lease in Kennett, Missouri, with a hometown of Cheryl Crow, the uh, Arkansas line. Um, so my husband actually left uh, Thursday afternoon to go hunting unfortunately was not able to go because it was like the first weekend really of everyone um being up there and um all of the spots were filled so but um that's fine I stayed with my parents me and my mom at black friday shopping hung out with her uh helped her put up all her decorations and um you know, all the things. And then, um, yeah, that was pretty much it. And then came home uh, Sunday evening. So it was a nice, really long, long weekend. How about you?
0: Um, Well, that sounds like a a lot of fun. Busy, busy. I know. I didn't travel, but I had people in town. So my my in-laws came in town. So we were hosting them from Wednesday through Saturday afternoon when they left. Um, We just did a lot of stuff with them. I cooked the entire Thanksgiving dinner. um, So everything from like, appetizers and brunch and all the all this <laughs> I apparent supposedly I did pretty good so we'll see what happens um we'll see if they come back next year if I can send the invitation or if somebody steps up right. and is like I think I should host it so right no one ended up but,
1: with food poisoning everyone's yes. good yeah yeah we no didn't know have... you knocked it out of the park I'm sure it
0: was <laughs> so it went it went pretty well we didn't have to order Chinese so that was a plus um <laughs> okay. and then Friday morning, my sister in law and I went Black Friday shopping at the buckrack at dawn, five o'clock oh, in the morning. Um, you. Right. And what was funny was we showed up to Academy at 5 a.m. and we actually got interviewed by the Dallas Morning News because they were oh, there God. trying to talk to Black Friday shoppers. <laughs> so there's amazing. a. An article floating around in Dallas Morning News with me and my sister in law talking about us going Black Friday shopping.
1: Um,
0: But what was interesting is like, there really weren't a lot of people out. Like, we didn't run into any traffic until we got to like the outlets around noon. But we went to like North Park and a couple other places, and there was, it was empty. There was nobody out. So that was fun. And then we went and saw the Nutcracker Friday evening. Um, A lot of fun. I hadn't been since high school. So it was like seeing it for the first time. I don't remember the storyline and but it was great and you know the Dallas oh yeah or
1: something oh
0: yeah oh yeah (laughs) and the Texas Ballet Theater did a really great job putting it on so if you're in Dallas Fort Worth I would definitely recommend going to go see it with your family but um all right so let's get started with our first article that we're going to talk about um the title of this article is let me scroll back up Attorney releases video of client's husband being shot to death by ex-wife's boyfriend, and boyfriend claims self-defense. So let's kind of talk through the video of what happened. Um, basically, what's going on is there's a child custody pickup, and the father is there, and he's wearing a green pullover, and he's kind of arguing with the mother in the front yard about pickup times, and there's a dispute. He, you know, was supposed to get the kid at three fifteen, and you know, whatever is going on in that conversation. And what I'm assuming is the stepfather comes out of the house. He's wearing a black pullover and he's holding a rifle and basically says, you know, get the hell out of here, blah, blah, blah. You know, we don't want you around here anymore. And he fires off two shots at the ground. Him and the guy in the green kind of get into a little bit of, you know, pushing each other around. The guy in black gets away from him and like jumps back probably 10 feet. And shoots the guy that's wearing green. So he kills him. Um, And the interesting thing about this particular topic is the guy in black is trying to claim that this was self-defense. So, you know, number one, very sad situation. Not something that is encouraged or you ever want to happen. But there's such a weird line with self-defense. Because Mm -hmm. the legal definition of self-defense is you use forced to neutralize an impending threat so at least in the state of texas and this happened in lubbock texas yeah i don't know that it's going to qualify as self-defense because he had an opportunity to leave the situation and he does originally he goes he leaves the front porch where the altercation's happening he goes into the house gets a gun comes back outside you know continues to yell at the guy and basically try to get into a physical altercation with him and then push after he gets pushed he's able to step back and then shoot the guy and it's kind of like well that's not really self defense like no he's
1: escalating the situation by bringing a firearm into a situation where the guy wasn't like trying to break into his house he wasn't like making physical threats and like I, I saw or heard nothing that would constitute I need to shoot this guy. I'm yeah. of my life. Like, nothing. Yeah. Um, it's incredibly sad. And just, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> like, it truly <laughs> is just yeah. straight up ridiculous. Um, you know, it says in the, even the article, he was standing 10 to 15 feet away and posed no threat. Exactly. Like,
0: uh, yeah. It's like, you know, self
1: soft... Yeah, he was mm-hmm. 10 feet, 15 feet away. He had no weapon. Yep. He, there's just, I, I completely agree with you. Like there's, I don't, I don't see it.
0: Yeah, I don't see how it's going to be a self-defense. I think it's going to probably end up being like second or third degree murder, depending on what the statutes are out in Lubbock. I'm not super familiar with them, but I don't think he's going to get off on a self-defense charge because self-defense is you're basically back to do a corner and there's no other way to protect yourself, but right. to use lethal force, gun, knife, right. baseball, bat, you know, car, whatever it is. Yeah.
1: And that was just the not guy was present. At it with a tire iron, sure. But oh, like.
0: totally. Yeah, totally. So I don't know. We'll just have to see how this unravels. And it's just something that we wanted to talk about and bring up because we know a lot of you guys either carry a gun or a knife or are looking into doing that and trying to educate yourself on point out self-defense is a valid defense if you're actually being attacked but it's not valid in a situation where you have a clear opportunity to not be involved (laughs) you know you still have a duty to remove yourself from the situation without causing harm to anybody um and that's in pretty much every state you know i can say with certainty pretty much every state and every every world they're going to give you an opportunity to get out of there before you Cause lethal harm to somebody, so Absolutely. that was, you know, sad. But we'll keep an eye on it, and it'll just be interesting to see how that case gets decided, because that's going to be, um, that's going to have an impact on how people can use self-defense as a defense in the state Absolutely. of Texas, at least. Um, okay, cool. So moving on to the next one, this is one actually super close to Bethany. Um,
1: yeah, Harris
0: County. Yeah, Harris County. Um Harris County Sheriff doesn't foresee any arrest after East Texas girls shot and killed by father in a hunting accident. So do you wanna kinda yeah. tell us what happened, Bethany?
1: Absolutely. So as soon as I saw this story, which um funny enough, my husband works for this TV station that put out this article. So that's how close we are to it. Yeah. For them. So um it, just incredibly sad, first of all. Uh I, I remember when I saw the um alert come up on my phone um and just i I just my heart broke you know and of course you're curious um what what really how did it unfold how did it happen you just think like people hunt especially hunters know basic firearm safety you just think like initially i was like did the did the daughter grab the gun? You know, what like what happened? And then when the story came out, it's just it's so senseless and what was so easy. Um, but I'll, I'll get into it. So basically the father took his eleven year old daughter, uh, her name is Daisy Grace Lynn George, it's a very long name. <laughs> um <laughs> but took her to their hunting lease um in Hallsville. And you know. Um, the rifle was actually lying on the seat in the vehicle as uh, they were nearby. Um, and the father went to clear the hammer thinking the gun was unloaded and the rifle went off shooting the kid. So like, first of all, I don't know how, I'm sure you operate the same way. I know you operate the same way, Erica, and most everyone I know that is a hunter or just knows basic firearm safety. You don't keep. You there? People you don't yeah, my my brother just called me and it interrupted me.
0: Okay. So me take pause. a pause and start over.
1: Okay. Firearm safety is you don't keep a, a gun of any kind in the vehicle with one in the chamber or especially like a hunting rifle. Like you don't no. there's just no reason. There's no reason for it to be lying there, first of all. You always want to point it up or down, away from anybody. Um, and it doesn't need to be loaded when you're in the vehicle, so it I, it just perplexes me. I, I don't understand it. It's yeah, it makes no sense to me. I don't understand why it was okay. He thought that the gun was unloaded. Well, like you should know that the gun is un- you know, like you sh- you should have like you should be a hundred percent certain when you put that rifle <laughs> back in your vehicle. There is nothing in the chamber, nothing you know yeah. anywhere in the in the
0: fire. and you should always proceed as if a gun is loaded and it is live period and it's like you know you touched on it the gun should never be pointed at something that you don't want to shoot so when you travel it should always be pointed down or pointed up like when we travel to and from like the hunting lease or like if we're riding from one blind to the next one and the guns are in the truck with us they're pointed down towards the floor if it's pointed in a in a direction that can never impact somebody, you'll never have this type of a situation. This was just Correct. negligence. He was yeah. being lazy. He was being negligent, and now he lost his kid. Um, so super sad. sad. Not, you know, the only good thing that's probably going to come out of this is this is a, a very clear example of what not to do when you're yeah. hanging out with guns. Um, right, especially it's just a with really small
1: children. You know, because okay, yeah. she. It, she was not involved necessarily, like, she didn't pull the trigger, but mm-hmm. also teaching your children and others, like, basic firearm safety, like, you know, if, if it was trust to her, maybe, and maybe it was, and maybe she just wasn't paying attention, but, you know, don't ever stand in front of a barrel of a gun, you know, in yeah. any way, shape, or form, you know, the, that also could be avoided, just, mm-hmm. just knowing and sharing basic firearm safety with your children and with just with people you. Um, oh, totally. Aren't, aren't as, um, you know, savvy into firearm safety as maybe you are, but just to make sure,
0: make triple yeah. sure, you
1: know, that. Um, exactly.
0: You know, yeah, there's... at the
1: very least, if you're going to check that your gun is loaded, take it out of the vehicle and point it up or down. Like you don't mm-hmm. check it when it's lying there, especially when your child is like near at the end of the barrel, <laughs> exactly. literally exactly. in the in the way
0: of the barrel so yeah. terrible but great example of why gun safety is so important and you really just need to be very strict when you're around guns and um again horrible but hopefully there's a lesson that can be learned to other people out there and hopefully that this lesson saves somebody else's life so Absolutely. all right well let's good let's, like- I know
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay so not necessarily a feel-good story but just kind of a like what the what the f story that i think is hysterical um yeah. okay so here's the headline canada taps into strategic reserves to deal with massive so- shortage of maple syrup yes. <laughs> so <laughs> so in the u.s we've been dealing with really high gas prices and you know president biden went ahead and released a whole bunch of oil reserves you know, what, a week or two ago um, to try to help with our gas. But in Canada, they're dealing with that, except it's maple syrup. So apparently there is a huge reserve held by the Canadian maple syrup producers, I guess they're a conglomerate, up in Canada, where they just have tons and tons and tons of maple syrup, like, just stored, which is insane. Apparently they produce 90% of the world's maple syrup. And the U.S. is its biggest client, um, which is hysterical in and of itself it's like why are we eating so much maple syrup like what what are we doing guys um and to build off of this i started kind of like following this topic a long time ago because back in 2012 there was a maple syrup heist that made international
1: headlines (laughs) i don't know why i love that so much (laughs) i know it's like who steals maple syrup
0: but apparently, why is there over... not a movie made about
1: this? There's so many right? movie heist movies. Like, I want a maple syrup heist movie. Like, I exactly, it.
0: exactly. Um, so apparently, more than three thousand tons of maple maple syrup was stolen from this international stockpile that they've got over the course of almost a year. And the value of the heist in 2012 was estimated at like 19 million dollars. So it's like, okay, first of all, this is ridiculous that there's basically a federal reserve for maple syrup. Like who would have thought?
1: It's liquid gold. It's liquid. Apparently,
0: gold. apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, so first of all, there's that, and then you didn't have enough security on this valuable asset to not notice that like it was being stolen over months. Like, and right. who steal? Who steals maple syrup? Who's like, right. I want to go take three thousand tons of maple syrup, and then where are they selling it? Is there a black market somewhere for maple syrup? There's so many questions that have not been answered
1: so many questions
0: just just ridiculous and laughable but i know to the people like directly involved like this is like world ending and a huge deal but to me it's just like what right (laughs) so oh my god all right Well, we're gonna go ahead and end it there thank you guys so much for listening in if you got value from it please uh share the podcast And feel free to connect with us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Women's Sporting Club. Uh, Same for Facebook. And then feel free to check out our website, womensportingclub.com. So, all right, Bethany, say goodbye to the people.
1: Okay. Bye, everyone. (laughs) We'll we'll talk to you shortly.
0: We'll talk to you next time.
1: (laughs) Bye, everybody. (laughs)